more and more people are becoming conscious that we need to live our lives differently for ourselves and for the planet. Feeling the need to reconnect and discover more about our true selves and the world around us. In the House of Essence podcast, we dive into topics that nourish body, mind, soul and the planet. We are Romy and Michelle. And with each episode, we hope to inspire you and guide you on your path to a more conscious and sustainable life. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another House of Essence podcast. And the first one with actually someone that we interviewed. Uh, We interviewed Saskia Mulder. Uh, and by some people probably known as the social reporter on Instagram. And it's actually an interview that I did with Saskia. So Michelle wasn't there. No, uh, but Michelle, you listened to it. Maybe you can share a little bit about what you thought of the podcast. Yeah, I love the fact that she's not only talking about sustainability and what we can do for the world, but also where it starts. And that's at ourselves and also she talks about self-care about the conscious choices we make that it has to come out of ourselves and also about the um, the fact that not everybody can do make the same choices and you cannot change people but you can make them aware and make them aware by asking the right question and i think that part was really interesting and um yeah and what, what do you think? What did you think about it? I love doing this interview with uh, with Saskia. Of course, it was via Zoom. So it's a bit different than when you're actually sitting across of each other, having yes. a conversation. Yeah, no, I love the conversation because it was about more than just sustainability. And it's a side that I think most people haven't seen from Saskia. Mm. Um, this more spiritual side of how she approaches things, even though it is in everything that she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saskia doesn't only give tips and advice on how to do it but she also takes this whole psychological aspect into it i thought it was a beautiful conversation and yeah there were deeper layers in there Mm. let's just put it that way yeah and i hope it will uh, inspire the listeners yeah me too let's enjoy listening to the podcast then I'm always thinking about what's going on in the world and I think now I really got a chance to dive into what's going on inside of myself I used to feel like I always was quite conscious about that but now I realize that this past period I got I had the, the deep dive you know I went really into it well let's put it like this I think that in in the business as usual scenario you're sort of on a on a moving train so it's very hard to get off and i think a lot of people i think far more people than are actually active in in for instance sustainability far more people feel the need or feel the importance of sustainability or sustainable lifestyle bigger policy um, measures preventing climate change or or other impacts so, uh, but if you're on that train and it's moving, it's so hard to step off and to really have a look at the train and think like, am I actually on the right track? You know, am I on the right train or should I actually 
choose a more slow moving train or <laughs> and i think that for obviously there are people uh now that are not in the position to look at what's going on or or you know have the 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 nice opportunity the benefits of being able to spend time thinking about their consciousness or about themselves there are people working in hospitals or in vital jobs or people that are suddenly have to homeschool kids and then of course you have a there's a different story going on so for those people i can imagine it's, it's different but i think for a lot of people that um that don't have kids or vital jobs or or whatever I would say this this slowing down is really good opportunity to um you know have a good look at the train that they're on. Yeah. No, but it, yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at it actually. Yeah. Yeah, and it really feels like if I hear you talk and I and I hear you talk more often of course, but um <laughs> I really hear you look at this situation that we're in from all these different angles, not just mm -hmm. from your own perspective. Uh, but maybe it is nice to actually start from your own perspective. Who are you? What do you do? Maybe give a little introduction uh, for the listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I do a lot of different things. People might know me from Instagram, the social reporter, where I give a lot of tips on um, how to make sustainable decisions in your daily life and how to be the most effective making sustainable de uh, decisions and how to communicate about sustainability. Um, and I'm also uh, a trainer and speaker for uh, The Hidden Impact, which is a, a book written about, uh, written by Babette Porcelain. And I do a lot of other things as well. I'm a climate coach for uh, climate, con car where it's called Carbon Conversations in, uh, in England. Here we call it Climate Conversations, actually. But a lot of different things, but all with the same goal. Basically... Um, sort of accelerating the transition to a more sustainable world basically you are uh, the person who um, basically dedicates her life to sustainability mm -hmm. on a daily basis but i'm curious mm -hmm. to hear like where did that come from was it always a thing for you or is that something that came later in your life i think it was i think it, partly it was because of the way i was raised because my my parents are both quite into sustainability in the sense that well my my dad for instance we we never owned a car because and my dad actually never had a driver's license because he didn't he thought like he was thinking about the the climate impact of cars um and my mom um she was always very much into like plants and birds and trees and and like nature so and I remember that that when I was young, my my mom once walked up up to this guy who threw his banana, his empty banana peels on the on the street, and she was like, "Hey, aren't you gonna pick that up?" And in that moment, <laughs> oh, nice. in that moment, I was so ashamed. You know, I thought like, "Oh no," but now I think like, "No, you know what? She was actually a pioneer. She was actually a, a trendsetter." So I think it was basically quite normal uh for me as a as a child already and i was always super passionate about it but i was i was never really there was this moment when i was um i was working as an online marketeer and i went uh, traveling to indonesia and i saw trash lying everywhere 
And then that really made me realize like all the environmental issues that are going on. And, and then I, I came back home and Trump was elected president the same week. Ah, beautiful moments. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, and I, I really didn't see that coming. And um, I started watching all these documentaries on Netflix, like the true cost and um, cowspiracy and before the floods and minimalism and sustain sustainable, I think it's called. Well, I, I, I really watched them all, you know, like, like a domino of, um, of documentaries about sustainability and all these things together. I feel, I felt like I couldn't go back, you know, like I felt like this is happening right now and this is happening in my lifetime and I can either decide you know, the, the, the quote of uh, Barack Obama, like, we're the first generation that are going to notice the consequences of climate change and we're the last generation that, are, that can do something about it. And I heard that quote and I felt, okay, but that's me. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I cannot really sit here behind my desk and let this happen, you know. So I quit my job, basically, and... and uh, went on that, that other train, like the train towards the other side, making the world more sustainable instead of less. Yeah, I've been on the train ever since, basically. Yeah, you haven't stopped. Nope. <laughs> and this one's going nope. to be less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in a good way then. Yeah, and the fun thing is actually that I noticed that on that train, there are so, so many cool people on that train. Like you, for instance, I'm like, I've never since the day I got off the one train, I like, I, I switched, switched trains, stepped out of one train, was on the platform and I thought like, hey, that looks like a nice green train. And I went on that train. And since then, I've only met like super cool people that are working on the same thing. It's so, you know, I would never want to go back on the other train. No, it's a beautiful thing. I know exactly what you mean. I think I've experienced sort of a similar thing and maybe not just with sustainability, but also entering just the world of um, making conscious decisions in life and in the work you do. And um, raising this consciousness is so important, but also brings you so many beautiful things. And the situation, how do you look at the situation we're in right now? Um, Because we're, yeah, um, still in the situation where the virus is active and probably mm-hmm. going to stay that way for a while. Also, to me, it feels a bit like Mother Earth is sending us a message, but I'm not sure how you look at that. To me, all those there, all these things are are sort of language for different language for the same thing. So some people call it Mother Earth, but no matter what you call it, I think that it's basically all about the same thing that we're in. We, we are and we already were in a crisis. The way that humanity is living on this earth, it is not endless. We cannot continue. We cannot have like a, an, uh, an abundant, nourishing future with the way that we are living on this earth in, in like that business as usual train. The, the coronavirus also originated from the fact from how we deal with nature or from how we deal with animals, for instance, because virus ha- viruses have this natural habitat and the way we're treating that natural habitat makes them jump onto humans. And um, 
you know the the way where like um the biodiversity gets less and less and less for us that becomes more dangerous and more dangerous and more dangerous i personally i definitely look at it in in sort of like a, a spiritual way and i also can feel this mother earth vibe but in the end to me it doesn't really matter what words you uh, use to describe it and and i do have to say that now that corona happened and you can see with your own eyes how invasive all these measures are that need to happen to really make the world slow down and almost come to a full stop and really evaluate okay how are we you know how are we going to continue after this it really opened my eyes that i thought okay wow now i realize because i was always super optimistic i always thought like no we're gonna you know there, there's a tipping point just moments away and people are gonna you know we're, we're massively gonna turn into a new direction and now that corona happened and now that everything has changed so massively i feel okay i actually think that if we if corona didn't happen if we didn't get this crisis i don't know if we would have moved quickly enough for the climate crisis interesting to see yeah. huh? that all of a yeah. sudden people are able uh, to make changes in their lives really quickly and to adapt yeah. really quickly i am so surprised and actually impressed as well by the human species in the way that we can adapt. Yeah. And it's, what I'm hoping, and I, I, yeah, I believe you do too, is that we will continue doing this adaptation, but also after the crisis uh, around the virus is gone, but then for the crisis around climate change. Yeah. Yeah, I really think that, you know, um, I think Marianne Minisma from Urgenda, she, she said something like, Actually, this weekly press conference about coronavirus should also happen about climate crisis, you know. After this, we should also also have a weekly uh, press conference about, okay, so this is where we're at with the climate um, crisis. These are, these are the measurements that we're taking now. Um, yeah, we're quickly, next week we're going to do this and this. We're going to close these and these factories. We're going to, you know... Um, it, and, and I heard her say it and I was like, yeah, you're right. We should treat the other crisis with the same crisis mode, you know? Yeah, exactly. Why are we treating this crisis this way and the other one? And I think it has a lot to do with what you just said, that one is more visible and urgent than the other because there are actually um, people dying. So mm -hmm. yeah. there is, of course, a clear link there. Yeah. What do you feel is, is necessary now and not necessarily linked to the corona crisis but just in general when it comes to uh, climate change and uh, living a more sustainable life what is necessary according to you on a more collective level or maybe an individual level as well i think now we're in the old scenario whether you're talking about like uh, produ production change or change or about you know our, our view of life i look at all these different things they're in in uh it's all about taking if you know what i mean um so you're taking resources from nature to so that i can take a product product or i it's all about taking and i think that what's necessary is that we're um we're far more sort of looking at everything more holistically far more looking into how can you 
how can you create? How can you um, use resources in such a way that you're not only taking resources or uh, taking this tree because you need it or taking this uh, mineral because you need it or whatever, but also creating something instead of it and not depleting resources, but actually adding to everything. But that's like on a really high overall level. Yeah, do you think we're there yet? I think it, if it was handed to us, so I think if there are like a small group of pioneers or a small group of scientists or um, I think if it would be handed to us on a silver platter, we would definitely be ready. I just think it's very hard to get off the train. Yeah, so, true. yeah, so, so because I think in the end people, whether it's uh, as a collective or as policymakers or as individuals, I think people are always have good intentions and um, want to do good things, but it's just very hard to get out of the system. So I think if a different system was handed to us, then we would quite easily, and if it would have like the same benefits, then it's quite easy to uh, jump on a different train, I would say. Yeah, but would you say that you stepped out of the system then? Um, not really, because, well, partly, yes, in the sense that some things I just don't, like, I always look at my own individual level, like my own circle of influence, and Unfortunately, I'm only a consumer. I'm not uh, a policymaker. I'm not a big corporation, whatever. I'm, I'm just like a person. And there are some things of the current system that I decided I'm just not going to partake in it anymore. I just don't want. So in that sense... Can you give an example of that? Of the, the parts that you won't partake in anymore? Well, if, if you look at your, uh, uh, like your daily choices and how to make them more sustainable, and you look at the, the impact top 10, let's put it like that, like the, the 10 things that are of the, the average Dutch person that have the most impact, buying new stuff and especially electronics is a number one. I did not completely pull out of that system because I still buy stuff. I always try first to buy something secondhand if I need it or to you know um, do swapping or stuff like that so you cannot I, I haven't been able to completely get myself out of the system but at least I, I've tried to partake in it as least as, uh, as possible and the second one is eating meat well I stopped eating meat so in that sense you got out of that system I, I sort of got out of that system i I think indirectly, if you would completely analyze it, maybe I'm still somehow in that system, but yeah, at least I don't eat meat anymore. <laughs> well, the third one is, is your house, but I cannot, you know, become homeless or something. So I still have a house, um, but at least I try to uh, make, make it more sustainable. And the, the fourth one, well, if you look at like the biggest categories, the fourth one would be transportation. And I haven't flown for almost two and a half years now. So I travel by train and um, I don't own a car, but still I sometimes I sit in a car. So, but I mostly take public transport. Yeah. So that all makes it a lot more sustainable. So it's again about making those conscious choices. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it, it's it's uh, nice you put it like that because it's it's about making conscious choices and not perfect choices. Yeah, no, I like that because I think it's really hard to do everything perfectly, especially in yeah. society that we live in. It's almost impossible, but it's more about becoming more conscious of yourself and also just the world around you and then to see, okay, how can I actually contribute as an yeah. individual? Yeah. Yeah, and also, and, and I think if you talk about self i think you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of the rest of the world so in my case for instance as an example i don't eat 100 percent vegan because if i either can uh, prevent waste so uh, i would eat something like dairy or if i'm on the road and i have to choose between not eating or eating something vegetarian i would eat vegetarian or if i am in in a social situation that would really make it um, so for instance I have quite a few friends with young kids that are not vegan uh, also not vegetarian but I know that for for them they have this super full day with a super full schedule and I'm not gonna ask them to cook vegan especially for me so I'm happy if they cook vegetarian they won't serve me meat they don't they know that I don't eat meat but I'm fine with them uh, serving something vegetarian yeah exactly so you do try to maneuver in that sense a little bit that it's not too strict for yourself as well yeah um, yeah and you said that you do that out of taking care of yourself first and because only then you can take care of the world how like how is the connection with yourself how do you take care of that connection with yourself i love that question <laughs> <laughs> The reason I love the questions is that for the past, I would say, year and a half uh, have been, uh, I before that I was, I already thought that I was super connected to myself, but these past year and a half, I've, it has really been a, like the, the biggest theme of my life and this past Corona home retreat more, more than ever before. When I wake up, I write three pages it's the first thing I do so I write when I'm still in a sort of unconscious mind just after, after waking up still a little bit in a dream state and then I start writing and I just and what see is the whatever. reason you do that because I think I know it from the artist way yeah that's the reason yeah I, I, I um, read that book I think already like eight years ago maybe uh, and I I adopted that habit from that book and since then I haven't always done it but it has come and gone um, but how but, does that help you then in the connection with yourself I'm really curious well I really I really notice a difference when I don't do it for a few days and then I do it again I need it because you have this like your this internal monologue sometimes it feels like a dialogue but it's more of a monologue of course of your 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 small self your ego self that can be there during the day as a background you know like blah, blah 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 and i noticed that those pages give space to that voice so and by writing i i basically make that voice more empty then i meditate recently i've been really into satsang okay uh, there are these youtube videos can you explain what you do with those videos for the people that uh, don't know it yeah, it's from this guy called Moji, and he uh, has these yeah he's just has these amazing amazing videos about really different 
themes. Sometimes he an answers questions. Sometimes it's a guided meditation. Sometimes it's about a theme. Um, and basically I just sit down and I sometimes I close my eyes or I sit in front of the window and look out at the, at the tree. And then I just listen to what he's saying and sort of try to connect with my inner conscious self, to put it like that. What else do I do? I always draw, at the end of the day, I always write down what I'm grateful for at, the, at a small, on a small whiteboard at the, across from my bed. So when I wake up, it's the first thing I see. But mainly, and that's, that has been this past home retreat as well, that I um, spend a lot of time, like as soon as I notice that I'm getting into this vibe of this rat race and into this more agitated energy, I notice like, no, okay, no, 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 I want to go back into that being connected to yourself. Yeah, like being connected to myself. So I've been taking walks every evening, basically for maybe an hour, just because, especially last week, because I had quite a lot of work coming at me and I, I felt this more intense vibe. And then I really noticed like, no, okay, this is not how I want to go to sleep. So at first I take a walk. I got my, I also removed my television from the wall. So I spend more time reading books also about more spiritual topics or um, what is the topic yeah, that you're diving into now when it comes to spirituality because I loved what you said before you know you can look at it in a spiritual way but you can also look at it from a very down-to-earth perspective a very yeah almost scientific what does yeah. spirituality mean to you to me spirituality is it's it's actually something really down to earth. So, um, because I noticed that when you think about spirituality, it almost seems like it should be something about like higher vibrations and being awake. And, um, and that type of spirituality to me is a bit polarizing sometimes because it, it can be about like some people are awake and some people are asleep and unconscious and almost like less to put it like that. People are, that aren't that type of spiritual are quote-unquote less. I think to me it's all, all people are basically the same and have the same. We're all connected. We're all one in a sense. But we all have different. It's like biodiversity is in that as well. So we're, we have different species in that as well. And they're all needed. So to me that is also spirituality. That, are some, that there are some people that are like super down to earth and they are super structured, super practical that don't want anything to do with, I don't know, spirits or angels or um, yeah, to me, to me, spirituality, I, I would say is actually letting people be their own type of whatever they are. Yeah, nicely put. I love how you actually link it to something in nature again as well. And, and with that sense, also a bit to spirituality and sustainability. You make the, the combination there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's also, I have to say that it's also something that um, for me personally makes it more holistic. So I know that in my own sustainability process, I know that, that my first step, was be was really when i like opened my eyes 
um, about wanting to become more sustainable and about my own impact on the world, um, my first step was like, I don't want to have that impact anymore. So how can I, as quickly as possible, just make decisions in a way that, that I don't have this negative impact? Because all of a sudden, also the, uh, all these things that I did before that I enjoyed doing, I didn't enjoy anymore because I thought, I don't want to have an impact like that on, on, on the earth. So my first step was really like, okay, how can I have like, you know, make my actions more sustainable? And now that those actions really have become, totally have become my lifestyle, they're almost unconscious for me because they're yeah. so normal. Now I really feel like I'm, I'm ready for the next level where I'm actually already far into the next level. Yeah, which is which makes it more holistic. So now I'm also in my own spiritual practice, if you want to call it that. I'm really um, looking at ways that I can sort of connect with Mother Earth, if you want to call it that, or or like connect with that. Well, actually, I do want to call it that because, yeah. <laughs> what does that I, connection to Mother Earth mean to you then? Like, how do you see that? Well, I think if it's, I think it can be like super simple. If you want, if you come up with a way for yourself to connect to nature, like literally, well, literally, but connect to nature every day in whatever form fits you. Um, that to me is connecting to mother nature. So for some people that would mean working in their garden. For some people that would mean uh, like looking out at a tree. For me, it's, well, looking out at a tree as well, looking out at birds, um, but also uh, trying different things like gratitude for food that has been provided or thanking every day the different, yeah, the different parts that modern nature provides or, you know, th thanking the wind and the earth and all the different elements and all, you know, stuff like that. I'm, I'm trying out different things to see which which one fits me most and i think we're also in this this time that we need that connection with mother nature and there's so many change happening and um i think being human has changed in that sense as well over the last decades and i think it changes all the time but especially the last couple of decades been going so fast how do you look at that and what does being human mean to you I think that it's it's quite easy to look at being human as something negative because it's it's mm. so easy to be like humans were actually like a failed um, species you know we only have a negative impact we're the only species that only takes from nature but never adds something yeah, to we nature. do are yeah you know stuff like that yeah and at the same time I I think that the way we you know we we have an like a negative impact we can also have a positive impact and i really like well when you sp talk about spirituality i really like this um uh shaman that i've been or sha woman actually i don't know if that's a word yeah well actually shaman is with a man no because it's shaman so anyway um <laughs> Uh, the little little grandmother, I, because she's also always into like healing Mother Earth and stuff. And I like that she um, said once that 
really like you know I, I was really like yeah that's it she said that that prophecies for ten thousands of years have predicted that in this period uh, in this period humanity would experience a crisis or multiple crises actually and that the greatest of the great would be born in that period and i always feel like that's us you know that's everyone that's alive right now whether you bake bread or whether you are um i don't know a caretaker or whether you work on a garbage truck or you're a doctor or you're a rocket scientist or a climate scientist or a kid or uh that's us and i, I literally I, have shivers all over yeah i truly I, I feel believe, the same way i truly believe that we're that humanity is actually this huge puzzle and that if everyone would be able to be the the one that one designed little piece of the puzzle that they are supposed to be doing a job or or doing work that they love to do and that they're good at and that they they are passionate about i truly believe i don't know why but that this entire puzzle of humanity would fit in each other and then stuff would just work i don't know if consciousness always has to come first but it's mm. definitely a part of it so sometimes okay. you can start with action and then consciousness consciousness comes after uh, and sometimes first you become conscious and then you act in a different way yeah but that is hopeful actually that's very hopeful because totally. that means that not everyone has to get to that level of consciousness for us totally. to all take action because then you get to this psychological aspect of course of how do we actually get people to embrace the period that we're living in and to make yeah. more conscious decisions or at least take action yeah well i mean you you actually you don't need everyone so uh, as long as there are enough people the rest will just follow like jan rotman sees that uh, like the um, uh, this professor that did all this research into like huge changes into society for instance like how did smoking become uncool uh, uh, i think he said that 20 percent of people older than 20 years um, are needed for this tipping point for stuff to become like the new normal so i would say that's actually quite reachable where are we now i Do think you know? we are i think we were at um well actually there's new research that recently came out and i don't know those numbers by heart actually but uh from what i remember from re research from a couple of years ago it was 13 percent Oh wow! Then so we're actually doing. I would say, okay. yeah, I would say we're and and right now, I think recently um, there was some news articles about that actually more people in Dutch society feel that uh, climate change is a problem since Corona actually. So I think now actually we are probably higher than thirteen. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. Yeah, but at the same time, because. Um, I am surrounded by a lot of people who have sustainability in their priority lists, let's say, mm -hmm. and make a lot of conscious decisions. But at the same time, I still notice for a lot of other people around me, it's difficult. Yeah. And I find it a challenge sometimes, you know, to actually take them out of their systems or to at least guide them out of their systems 
And I'm curious if you have, yeah, sort of tips for that as well. I I always look at other people on this um, on this process of change. So you when you go, you have these models of change processes, where first you're like uh, um, when you say like ignoring or denying, and then you're sort of uh, this awakened, uh, you know, like oh, oh goodness. This is good. What I'm yeah. We need to do something, and then you um, become well. At one point, you become even almost depressed, and then you come out of the 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 low part, and then you, in the end, you have this acceptance, and you find sort of new meaning, new meaning, and you then you're changed basically. So, and since I know these uh, models, I always look at other people on this on somewhere on the line of this process of change basically so i always think like whatever they're feeling or however they are reacting it's not well they're basically they're in their own station of the um, transition process mm -hmm. people usually have all these protective mechanisms that they're not even aware of um that in makes their mind want you to mean yeah, like psychological protective measurements that are mechanisms that keep them where they are and that that keep keeps their their self image the way it is because they want to consider themselves a good person and if if they are confronted with information that tells them that whoa the things that you're doing are actually not really good, they don't really want to know it. So um they wanna keep this good self image in place. Um, so there's no point in telling someone, hey, what you're doing there, that's not good for the environment. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the trick is basically to, to sort of starting to ask questions and to be curious and basically to find out what the other person thinks is important and what they see as their identity. And that can give you some sort of direction or some hooks that you can use to start a conversation about so what do you think is important and basically just listen and then after a while if they just give them an opportunity to experience that you're a safe person for them and after a while if they really notice like okay this person is not going to judge me about my choices and this person is just gonna respect me and give me space then they might start moving and start maybe asking you a question like so how do you do that and then it's not like okay here's my here's my open door now i will shove in everything that i know and and make them change yeah, you have it you have to read yeah. you have to watch this documentary you have to yeah things yeah yeah basically keep feeding their curiosity and keep empowering them and keep focusing what they on what they are doing instead of what they aren't doing yet yeah um, in that sense it also has to do i think with intrinsic and extrinsic motivation probably if it comes totally. from inside of them and their own needs and curiosity totally. indeed, as you say for for this information then they will come and seek it and then also they will process it a lot better probably yeah and yeah. and the change is more sustainable 
I love that we're having this podcast and we're having this conversation in a slightly different way than the topics that you always talk about, because there's so much to learn from you when it comes to making sustainable choices and living a sustainable lifestyle, but also hearing you speak a bit more about, you know, the connection with yourself and also, you know, that it's first and foremost, so important to embrace that and to take care of yourself before you start taking care of others or for taking care of the planet, because of course that is, what House of Essence is about as well, reconnecting totally. to yourself and from there um, yeah. making conscious yeah, and, choices. And, 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 and another reason why that's so important is that it's important to have fun doing it. And it's important to enjoy living a sustainable lifestyle because then you are an inspiration to others. And then you're living in a way where others can think, hmm, that looks like something I want as well. No, no, but what I loved about that part also the connection with yourself. What I was curious about, though, because you mentioned all these beautiful things that you do in the morning and um, the way that you nourish yourself as well. But have you always done those things? Have you always had this strong connection with yourself? Because you say it's been stronger since one and a half years or so. I think maybe I, maybe I thought I did. But No. No, it is definitely it definitely has taken some soul searching and some pain and some development and some confrontation and stuff like that. Yeah, so what yeah. changed then that actually made you realize as well that you actually have a stronger connection to yourself now? I think I think it it started to change it it started sort of when I was in my when I started working after university and then I, it made me feel uncomfortable quite often. Um, and I always thought that I was doing something wrong and that it was me that just didn't fit in. But later on, I think I realized that I just wasn't in the right place. I wasn't doing what I loved. I wasn't doing, there was nothing really wrong with me. I was just not, in a place that really fit me in the sense that I don't, I just don't really fit well in an office behind a computer in um, an organization that has meetings and bureaucracy and eight hour work days and, and commuting and, and stuff like that. And I really, I realized, I think around then that I had a really hard time listening to what I felt. I didn't really have a compass. I, it, I, it felt a little bit like I didn't really have a compass, more like a, a radar scanning the environment and scanning what would be the best decision. Yeah, um, so mainly focused outwards instead of inwards. Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah. And I think when I quit my job and I decided, no, I want to actually save the world, <laughs> I think then it's really started that I really felt like, okay, now I feel like I'm in the right place. Now I feel like I can be me and I don't have to be something or someone else. And from there on, it was just, you know, you do all these different, I don't know, you read books, you follow courses, you start new routines, you try out things, you go to lectures or you talk with friends. I think they're all like stepping stones on this path to a more conscious self. Yeah, but that started with following your heart. 
yeah. it's not necessarily always the easiest thing to do. I can imagine that there were a lot of blockages on the way as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, that path doesn't always have to be easy, obviously. I think most of the people that are listening to this will recognize it as well, that especially when you start following your heart, it's this beautiful thing, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not necessarily easy, mm-hmm. but it's a different kind of challenge that you have than when you're stuck somewhere where you feel you don't belong. Yeah, and I, I also, for, for me, I think it was also like I was so stuck where I was, not where I belonged, that and I was always so like every day I was thinking so what is it what is it where am I in the right place that when the opportunity was there I didn't I didn't think well okay it took still it took some months to actually cut the cords and quit the job without any security and just you know leaving and whatever but it didn't feel scary because I felt like finally felt like a relief yeah, and, be, and, and before that, it was often so painful to be, like, so stressful to be, like, when am I ever going to get out of this unbelongedness? It sounds like your soul was aching to do something else. My soul was literally aching. It yeah. felt like and then you can take care of your body, you can take care of your mind, you can, you can live as yeah. sustainable as possible. When that soul is aching to do something else, you can never really yeah. feel whole. I remember right now that I was sitting in a train and, and I was commuting uh, back and forth to The Hague for where I was working back then. And I was reading The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I love that Beautiful book. Beautiful book, yes. Um, and I remember, even now, I remember reading this sentence that he or someone says something like, your heart will keep on aching until you're on the right path. And I remember literally either making a photograph of it or writing down somewhere is this what my heart is doing oh wow and I thought, like yes that's it <laughs> and that's when you knew oh yeah luckily you're not behind the desk anymore and you're doing a lot of beautiful things and devoting every day to uh making our world a little healthier um our planet a little healthier and um helping everyone making more sustainable choices I cannot wait until you also come and give workshops and lectures on this topic. I can't wait either. At House of Essence. And um, before I ask you the, the question that we end the podcast with, where can people find you for now? Uh, how can they follow you, for example, on Instagram or all the other things you're doing? The Social Reporter on Instagram. That's the easiest. That's the easiest. And there you vlog and share beautiful tips so i can definitely advise everyone to follow you at least to me you're the most positive sustainability influencer there is and i love it so um all right then we're ready for uh, the close down question and um I, I love this question but um it's not always an easy one what does essence mean to you Oof. i think actually this period this home retreat um, makes it very clear what the essence is for me and in the world. I would say it's about connection, whether it's to food, loved ones, yourself. I would say it's about connection. I'm so grateful that we have this beautiful conversation and uh, I cannot wait to share it with the world. Is there a last thing that you want to share? 
Well, I think maybe um, it doesn't have so much to do with me or with the people listening, but I think more with you. For me, in the past, how long have we known each other? More than a little bit more than two years now, I think. Yeah, true. When it comes about like consciousness and connection, and I would say you have been nourishment. I think I would say for me. No, and I didn't see that one coming. Thankful for knowing you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, this beautiful conversation. Loved it. Such a different one that you would usually do, I think. Um, yeah, well, that's I, why I, I also love having it with you because then you can go a little bit deeper and a little bit more personal. Yeah, and uh, we'll speak soon.